Welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. Now, I came across this story about a collector of rare books. This individual ran into a friend who told him he had just thrown away an old Bible that he had found in a dusty old box. Now, stop right there. Uh, for most individuals, they to, th to throw a, a Bible away, even a, a dusty old one, would, would just be uh, just beyond comprehension. But that's what this individual did. And he happened to mention that Guten, somebody or other, had printed it. The collector gasped. He said, not Gutenberg. Oh, yes, that, that's it, his friend said. Oh, and the collector scoffed. He said, you idiot, you've thrown away one of the very first books printed. A copy recently sold at auction for half a million dollars. Well, this friend wasn't impressed. In response, he said, oh, I don't think this book would have been worth anything near that much, he said. It was scribbled all over in the margins by some guy named Martin Luther. So if you are familiar with Gutenberg, you're familiar with Martin Luther, that in fact would have dramatically increased its value. You see, the Bible is valuable. It's valuable not because it might have been produced or printed by Gutenberg back in the day. It's valuable not because Martin Luther might have written or scribbled in it. It is valuable because it is the living and eternal word of God. No other book can be compared to it. And so we're in our series entitled 119. We're taking a look at Psalm 119. Uh, we are taking a brief look at it. It's 176 verses, 22 stanzas of eight verses each. It's the alphabet acrostic, remember? And so 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet and each uh, verse of each of those eight, uh, eight verses in a stanza begins with that same letter of the Hebrew alphabet. But everything in this entire psalm, it's about God's Word. And so there is no other book like the Word of God. And if you've read it, if you've studied it, there is nothing to compare it to. You think about some of the things in school or some of the novels that are read, some of the textbooks that are assigned, some of the documents that are out there, and there is nothing that compares to the living Word of God. Now, the theme of this entire chapter, Psalm 119, is the longest chapter, longest psalm in the longest book of the Bible, Psalms, but it's entirely about God's Word. In fact, we've mentioned multiple times that almost every single verse out of 176, just a handful, do not mention something specifically about God's Word or a synonym statutes, precepts, instructions. As you read through, you see all of that. We've given instructions and, and a kind of assignments these last couple of weeks. So hopefully, as, as uh, we had a, a missionary this past week, you've got an opportunity to read through the entire chapter, maybe at least once. Our first time together, what we looked at were the first eight verses. And we looked at this overview. What should our reaction be to God's Word? We said we ought to love it, we need to learn it, and then we've got to live it. Three very powerful reactions. 
Last time that we were together, we took a look at those next eight verses, the process of living out God's word. That, and we say, well, you've got to live God's word. You've got to do it. That's kind of a broad statement. And so those next eight verses give a, a handful of other verbs. We looked at a bunch of action verbs. How else do we put God's word into practice? And so we looked at verbs such as seeking, memorizing, discovering, declaring, rejoicing, meditating, and remembering. How many of you, as we're getting older, you find that your rememberer isn't quite as uh, potent and powerful as it used to be? You know, that, that's happening. I, I came, you know, we came to Alger here in the 30s. I'm now in the 40s. I'm still hanging on. I'm, I'm still saying mid-40s. But boy, I'm, I'm climbing my way towards that upper 40s and uh, not too far away from that mid-century mark. And I find as, as I continue to get older that, that you know, some of those things are slipping, not quite as sharp. And so remembering, that was one of the actions of God's Word. So those were our past couple of weeks. If you missed either of those, the video is online, the podcast is available online. But today we're going to be taking a look at uh, a little further into the Word of God. In Psalm 119, we're going to be beginning in verse 89, from 89 to 96, looking at those eight verses. And we're going to be examining the relevance of God's Word. The psalmist reminds us that God's word is relevant to all of us, all of life, for all of eternity. Relevance is a key word. How many of you maybe remember going through your classes in school, elementary school, maybe high school and college particularly, where you were going through some studies and what crossed your mind was, what in the world am I going to use this for down the road? When, when am I going to need to know the quadratic equation? When am I going to need to know calculus or pre-calc or trigonometry? When am I going to need to know these facts and figures from social studies and world histories? I mean, certainly it's going to help me in trivia games. And if I'm ever in, uh, you know, playing Jeopardy, it's going to be really, really handy. But maybe you've thought, what is the relevance they're, they're making me study. They're making me take these classes and read these books and be tested over these things. When am I going to use this? If you're honest, chances are you've probably said something like that in your life. You've questioned whether something was relevant to you. What we're going to find today is that God's world, God's world, well, the world of God that he's created, but the word of God that we're speaking about is incredibly relevant. And so as we dig into the word of God here in these eight verses, we're going to see a number of truths, three truths that point us to why God's word is relevant for us. So Psalm 119, beginning in verse 89, first of all, we see this. God's word is relevant because God's word is timeless. Look at verse 89, 90, and 91. He says, Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You established the earth, and it endures. Your laws endure to this day, for all things serve you. 
Listen, God's word is timeless. It stands the test of time. Unlike many other things in our world, uh, want me to mention a few? How about hairstyles, right? If we were to dig into some of your scrapbooks, photo books, uh, maybe school yearbooks, I bet we'd all have a little chuckle or two at how our hairstyles and maybe how some of our clothing styles have changed over the years. True? Do you look exactly the same? I'm sure it's incredibly close and incredibly recognizable, but in our hairstyle, sometimes they change. The, the amount of hair sometimes changes. The color of hair sometimes changes. I mean, in my life, going back a number of years, it's not too far. You go back and you won't see any touches of gray in here if you go back a number of years. Go back a number of years and, and you'll see what's getting maybe a little thin up top was a little thicker up top. You go back a number of years and, and the little, uh, what oftentimes people will call a soul patch here, this little thing that I've just not shaved. You go back a little ways and I had kind of the bottom part of a goatee. You go back a little farther, and I actually had an entire goatee. Early in youth ministry, I had, had the entire goatee. It didn't really grow in real, real thick on the top, so that's why that shaved. But you go back a little farther, and there was zero facial hair. Go back into high school, and graduating from high school, I didn't have the front facing or, or front combed do, but it was the left part and feathered. You go back a little farther in my elementary school, it, it was left part, but a little bit earlier, and I had the middle part and bangs, right? I mean, that's classic kind of late 70s, early 80s photos. And so we can laugh, and, and you can be thankful I'm telling on me rather than telling on you. Although, uh, feel free to forward, feel free to email me any photos you might have of you or maybe someone you know that you think could really be uh, applicable here. But our hairstyles, our hair colors, our clothes, our fashion choices change. How many of you, 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 you take a look at maybe some photos of you from the past and you chuckle or maybe your kids chuckle or your grandkids chuckle because you were wearing that. But at that particular time, that was, that was in. That was fashionable, right? I mean, think of some of the fashion trends of the 50s were different than some of the fashion trends of the 60s. Different than some of the fashion trends of the 70s and into the 80s and 90s and early 2000s and even just a decade ago. Things change. How about technology? I mean, for many individuals, and, and we began our service saying, go ahead, and if you've got a smartphone and you've got a Facebook account, we invite you to go ahead and post this service, share this service to your social media. Cell phones. They come out with a brand new cell phone every single year. Now, certainly they want to make more money. But every single year, there is advancements in technology, and you see year after year after year, think back to some of your earlier cell phones and how different they look compared to today's. Now, this particular cell phone, this is an iPhone. This, 
this particular phone came out five years ago. I got it four years ago. And so by today's standards, it might be outdated, but this pretty much blows away any of the earlier computers, desktop computers, I might have been able to use early in ministry 20, 25 years ago. The, the processing power, the capabilities of a smartphone like this changes over time. And it's, it's funny, as you continue to grow older and as times continue to change, you know, everyone, just about everyone, seems to have a cell phone. Maybe 20 years ago, a decent number of people did, but there are still a whole lot of landlines and, and answering machines and into the 90s, maybe cordless phones. Man, the cordless phones were great because you didn't have that 15-foot-long cord from the kitchen that you were dragging into the bedroom. Things change over time. Hairstyles, clothing styles, technology all changes, but God's Word does not change. It is timeless. It is foundational. It stands the test of time. As God breathed upon these uh, writers of God's word and they wrote down what God would have you and I to hear and to say, we see that God's word is permanent. It, it's not moved. It is unchanging and it stands the test of time. Martin Luther, who was referenced in that opening uh, story, if you would, he once said this about God's word. The Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold of me. The Bible is not antique or modern. It is eternal. See, there's something timeless about the word of God. There are, there are books that maybe you have read and you enjoy. Maybe you read a number of years ago and you pull it back out and you think, ah, this, this is good, but it's maybe not quite the way that I remember it from college or the way I remember this from high school. But there's something living and active and timeless about the Word of God. Listen, we're in unsettled times. What's the statement that they make? The only thing that stays the same is change. Change. You can count, you and I can count on change in life. Because really what it's saying is not everything stays the same. Everything tends to change. Hairstyles change. Clothing changes. Technology changes. In politics, things change. And we see even in the, the, the opening days and week of a new presidential administration, what takes place? Policies and procedures from a previous administration are immediately changed and reversed. President Biden changing a lot of things from President Trump, who in early days changed and reversed a lot of President Obama's policies, who in early days changed in our culture. Policies changed based on who is in charge, who is in control of political power. So every two years or every four years, policies and procedures will change. Not so with the Word of God. This is not subject to Republican or Democrat. This is the Word of God, and this is timeless and changeless. We can count on God's Word. The truth found in here, this is not going to be voted on. 
or amended or vetoed. This is something God has instituted it for you and for me, and we can trust in it and count on it. Jesus himself in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not, shall never pass away. And so we take a look at the word of God in the midst of a changing world, and you and I can count on God's word. It does not change. He does not change. The message and the power and the truth of God's word does not change. We can go back 5, 10, 20 years and have a good, hearty chuckle at some of our hair and clothing and fashion choices because trends have changed. But in year after year, decade after decade, century after century, we see that God and his word, it is timeless and matchless and changeless. If you and I build our life on the word of God, we can weather the storms that we face. God's word is timeless. So first of all, that's why it's relevant. That's why it applies to you. That's why it applies to me. That's why it's useful for us today, just as it was useful for our lives five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 100 or more, because God's word is timeless. Secondly, God's word is priceless. Priceless. It's a priceless treasure. Let me ask you, what is priceless to you? Now, typically when we say things that are priceless, things that you can't really put a price tag on. I mean, when we talk about valuable, sometimes we think about things that have a high price tag. Maybe you've invested in a vehicle, you've invested in a home, you've invested in, in clothes or, or uh, electronics or computers or cell phones. Those are typically things that you can put a price tag on. They all cost a certain amount of money. But when you begin to think about things that are priceless, chances are you might think about or reference Photographs or videos or memories. Yeah, you can't really put a price tag on that event that maybe you were together as a family or that vacation you took a number of years ago or you think back to the, the birth of children or grandchildren or some of those experiences and memories. They're, they're priceless. Well, the psalmist here is writing about the not just the timeless nature of God's word, but the priceless nature of God's word. Let's take a look at these next number of verses. And he gives a, a handful of reasons why it is priceless, why there's incredible value and it's relevant to you and I. Verse 92, he says that it gives delight. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. God's word being a delight. I trust, I hope, uh, that there is a genuine delight to get into this book, the word of God. I trust that it's not a drudgery. I trust that it's not a chore. I trust that it's not an assignment. You and I have those. If you're in school, there are certain things you have to do. And your teacher says, read this and study this and 
fill out these forms. If you're at a job or a workplace, maybe a a boss gives you certain things that you must do and must accomplish, and, and some of which maybe you enjoy doing and some of which you might not. I trust that when we get into God's Word, we see it the way the psalmist does. It's priceless because there's delight that comes from the Word of God. God's Word provides joy and delight for us when we live according to His and its instructions. God's Word teaches us the way that we're to live. If if we read, if we dig into God's Word, it tells us and shows us the way that we ought to live, what we ought to be doing. And when you know and go the right way, guess what? It's delightful. The psalmist is writing that. Even in the midst of our afflictions, it doesn't mean that we delight in them, but aren't you thankful that we've got some place to go to and someone to turn to in the midst of difficulties and tough times? There is delight in the assertion of God in our lives. We might not delight in our world, but we can take delight in God's word. The psalmist says, I delight in his word. It helps us to be equipped to face all the things that our life has and sometimes rolls at us. So the psalmist says it's priceless because it gives delight. And and if it wouldn't have been a delight, I would have perished in my affliction. Maybe you can think the same thing. If it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for His Word, if it wasn't for His people, man, there's no way I would have handled that difficulty. There's no way I would have been able to to handle the loss of that family member, that that close individual. There's no way I would have been able to face the difficulty of that, that diagnosis from the doctor, that surgery, whatever it is that you face difficulties. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. Man, it is priceless. God and his word gives delight. Verse 93 says, not only does it give delight, but it gives life. He says, I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. Kind of like a a life preserver. If you've been on board uh, some kind of ocean going vessel, a boat, a cruise ship, you know, you've got some kind of life preserver, some kind of, you know, a life raft or something that you wear to help preserve your life in the hopefully minute chance that you will need it, right? Does that make you feel better when, you know, you see this life raft or this life preserver? You're, you're on board a, a boat, maybe uh, you're going out uh, on the lake in a pontoon or you've taken a, a cruise ship. A couple years ago when uh, our family, we, we did the, the Disney cruise together. The very first day, one of the very first things they did is they brought us and every single person, uh, you know, I'm sure probably several thousand people on board that boat, went to your emergency station. You were all stationed around different portions, different decks of the boat, piled in, and they went through emergency procedures of, you know, what you would do and where you would find the life jackets and life vests and and the life rafts and, and all of that. And it's good to know, but maybe a little a little scary to know, 
what happens if this becomes like the Titanic, right? And we hit an iceberg in the middle of the ocean. Now, certainly it wasn't in the, uh, the winter months. But you're thankful for something that would preserve your life. If you, you know, fell out of a boat, a pontoon boat or a water skiing boat, and you've got your uh, life preserver on, your life jacket on, you're thankful that it would help to save your life. And the psalmist is saying, God's word is kind of like that. By your precepts, by your word, you have saved, you have preserved my life. It's the source of, it's the secret to our life. And it's the Holy Spirit renewing us inwardly day by day through the power of the Word of God. God's Word gives delight. God's Word gives life. Verse 94 says it gives and provides salvation. He said, save me for I am yours. I have sought out your precepts. I've sought out your Word. There is deliverance. There is salvation from the Word of God for those that are seeking after Him. Salvation certainly is spiritual and eternal in the fact that we are saved from our sins. I'm thankful for that. Hopefully, it's, it's been a while since maybe you have responded and, and God has cleansed and forgiven you, but you've probably able to remember what it was like before Christ. And I'm thankful spiritually that God came and cleansed and forgave me. There is a, a spiritual freedom, a spiritual forgiveness that comes as a result of being saved. But there's also that physical, natural realm of salvation. And in many other places in the Psalms, he writes about salvation from his enemies, uh, salvation from those who would oppose. And so there's this spiritual sense of salvation, a physical sense of salvation, God and his word provide. But I love that phrase. He says, I have sought out your precepts. One of the, the thoughts in here that verb means to consult, to inquire, to beat a path to, or to read repeatedly. He says, I've sought your word out. I haven't just kind of casually, accidentally stumbled upon your word. He says, I've sought it out. What is it that you and I seek after? Chances are there's been something that has captured your attention. Something that you and I have sought after with, you know, intensity and energy. Looking for something to purchase. Looking for something to give as a gift. And whatever that is, you're putting a lot of effort, a lot of energy into seeking and finding. The psalmist says, that's what I do with the word of God. I'm seeking, I'm consulting, I'm inquiring of God's word. I like those last thoughts, beating a path to God's word. Man, I got to get in God's word and see what it has to say. I'm seeking after it. Or to read repeatedly. When you're seeking out something, again, it's not, intent, it's not accidental, but intentional. I am intentionally seeking out God's word. I trust that's our heart and our approach. That's the, the reason and the purpose behind providing some of those Bible reading guides and, and devotionals to give you some tools 
to help you in your seeking, to help you in your reading and in your studying so you and I can intentionally get something from God's Word. God's Word provides that deliverance to you and I from His Word. It provides delight, life, salvation. It also says that it provides and gives protection. Verse 95. The wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I will ponder your statutes. Interesting. He's saying, there's enemies, there's individuals that are kind of against me, but I'm going to ponder, I'm going to think about, I'm going to meditate, I'm going to dwell in the Word of God. Why? There is protection for me, even in the midst of difficult situations. And I'm thankful for that. That's yet another reason the psalmist is saying that God's Word is priceless. A shield, a shelter against some of our enemies. We, we can find security in God and in His Word. Allow God's Word to speak into your heart and into your life. There are individuals who might come against you or situations or forces in, in the world that might come against you, but we can stand on God and stand upon His Word. So the psalmist is saying, listen, I'm writing Psalm 119. It's 176 powerful verses about God and his word. And he wants us to know it's timeless. You can count on it. He wants us to know that it's priceless because all of these reasons. Finally, this morning, why is God's word relevant? It's relevant because it is limitless. Verse 96 of this, uh, the final verse of this eight-verse stanza. He writes, To all perfection I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. As a psalmist looks around, he sees limitations in other things, but in contrast, God and his word, there are no limits. Now, we know that things change a lot and technology changes, but there still are limitations. Human bodies and, and technologies of, uh, you know, our physical bodies and health and growth change, but there's limitations. It wasn't that terribly long ago, a number of decades, uh, when someone broke a four-minute mile, running one mile in under four minutes. That's incredible. I mean, in, in four minutes, you know, some of us don't get very far. And these people are running an entire mile? Now, you would think as fast as everything else shifts and changes, well, you know, we're going to have a three-minute mile and a two-minute mile and a one-minute mile. There are limitations when it comes to our physical body. And, and there's been some minor improvements and, and some of those records of racing and running, you know, they're, they're beat out. To, you look at the Olympics, Summer Olympics coming up in 2021 and uh, – a year after they were supposed to be in 2020, and you'll see some of the track and field events, right? And sometimes they'll set a world record by shaving a 100th or 200th off of a record. So uh, there's just there's limitations. You say, wouldn't it be great if, if you could cut that time in half? There's limitations on our physical body. When it comes to God and his word, he's saying, your commands, your word, God, it's boundless, it's limitless. There are no limits to your word. 
It's not bound by time, not bound by generation, race, culture, circumstances. God's word gives us an entire comprehensive view of life and eternity. It's not irrelevant. It is not outdated. It is not old-fashioned. It doesn't come behind the times. It's timeless. It's priceless. It is limitless. In fact, God's word exceeds all that we, we might be thinking about or anticipating. Some of the incredible things of life come to an end. There's limits. Certain things last. Boy, wouldn't it be great if this went on forever and this show comes to an end, this movie comes to an end, this run by a particular sports team comes to an end. Things have limits. God's word is limitless. So the, the psalmist is encouraging us, get into God's word. It's relevant. The things that were written in God's word many, many years ago still apply to you, still apply to me. It is relevant for what you and I are going through. Going through heartache, sorrow, and trials? Go to God and His Word. Dealing with the, the joys and the mountaintops of life? Go to God and His Word. Want to know how to handle relationships and job and, and interactions with others? Go to God and His Word. God's Word is timeless. God's Word is priceless. God's Word is limitless. So let me challenge you with a handful of things. First of all, go to God's word for instruction. It's not just a, about on a Sunday where hopefully you bring a Bible or hopefully you bring a, a cell phone or a tablet or something where you've got God's word on, but get into God's word on a regular basis, daily basis. There's no situation, no problem, no issue that is outside of the bounds of God's Word. I want to challenge you to get into God's Word daily. Bible reading guides, devotionals, paper copies available, digital copies available, helps available, apps available. So many resources that encourage us to get into God's Word for instruction. But listen, you and I will not receive a maximum benefit with minimum investment. Maybe you've seen that in, in schooling. Maybe you've seen that in the job or the workplace. Maybe you or someone else has desired to put minimum effort but hope to receive a maximum return and a maximum reward. I want to challenge you. We will not receive maximum benefit from the Word of God with very minimum input and investment. I want to challenge you. In a regular way, on a regular daily basis, get into the Word of God for instruction and then allow God's Word to speak into your life. It's one thing to get into God's Word. It's one thing to read God's Word. It's another to allow God's Word to get into you and to speak into your life, to turn to it for hope and help, guidance and comfort and support, being that source of life and Strength with wisdom and guidance and direction. So go to God's word for instruction. Allow it to speak into your life. And then stand upon it and rely upon God's word. 
when things shift and change in our crazy shifting world and in personal lives and world events, stand upon and rely upon the word of God. Things will change in culture, in society. God and his word do not. Again, Jesus said, heaven and earth may pass away. All kinds of things may shift and change, but my word will not pass away. We can count upon and stand upon the truth of God and his word. Why is God's word relevant? Why does it speak into your life and in my life today? This is 2021. You might be watching this video or listening to this podcast. It might be 2022 or 2052. Crazy to think about. No matter when it is that you're watching or listening to this, God's word is still true and sure. It is timeless and priceless and limitless. I encourage you, get into the word of God and allow his word to get into you. 